Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, after some Buckeyes and some Hawkeyes, I had to balance things out and bring on another Nittany Lion. And I thought, who better than Mark Hall? Mark Hall has won championships at just about every level. He has more titles than I can probably rattle off, but they include six state titles, three Big Ten titles, an NCAA championship, and even junior and cadet world championships. Simply put, Mark Hall is a champion. I likely don't have to tell you that, though, as this podcast has some avid wrestling fans as listeners, and most of you know what Mark has accomplished. Today, I'm more excited to lean into Mark's mind and talk about how he's been able to have the success he's had and talk about his reaction to recent events and and what's coming up next for Mark. So if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, be sure to subscribe. And if you already have, thank you. Your support is why and how this podcast keeps rocking. And hey, if this is your first time here, thank you for giving this podcast a listen. If you enjoy this episode, be sure to go back and listen to the other 50 archived episodes if you want more conversations with more great wrestlers. All right, it's time to roll the intro. It's Bashomania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do? What Bashomania runs wild on Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. All right, we have baby Mark Hall. How are you, Mark? I'm good, are you? By the way, where did that Twitter handle come from? So... Uh, I've had it for a while. I edited the PSU when I got to Penn State. Yep. Um, me and my dad have the same name. So at all the family functions, uh, he's Big Mark and I'm Baby Mark. <laughs> that and then, makes sense. So I'm Baby Mark. It's been like that for, I mean, obviously since I was born. Like I really noticed it when I was like 11 or 12. <laughs> and it just stuck. For sure. And and you're not so little. You're not so baby anymore. But with family, you, you never really get away from that. <laughs> That's right. I'm, I'm also on top of that. I'm the youngest in my family. So I'll always be the baby. Right. So diving into a bit of your wrestling career, you have one of the most storied high school careers of all time. First person to win six Minnesota State high school uh, championships. What do you think led to that level of success, especially so early on? I think most of it was uh, just losing a lot when I was a kid. Honestly, really, I got my butt. <laughs> yeah, I got my butt kicked a lot, and my dad put me in those positions, so I was getting my butt kicked. Yep. Um, uh, I think ultimately that that made me a lot better. Um, I mean, you know, it just teaches you how to lose. Um, you know, I'm getting humbling experiences. Uh, you know, my dad never wanted me to think that I was like all that or I was the right. man. Yep. So, um, you know, it's just like always having a goal, always something to work towards, you know, someone that might've beat me that I wanted to get better than and surpass them. Um, that kind of thing. 
Right. And as you win like championship after championship, is that kind of how you kept yourself motivated? Like after winning two, three, four of them, I got to imagine to some degree it's repetitive and then to some degree it's not. Yep. And, uh, and thankfully, uh, right around when I was, um, getting into like the freestyle stuff, uh, they like just brought back in that world pretty recently once I had it or once I was a cadet. So um, just having that new opportunity of making a cadet world team and, you know, it's like it kept me working outside of, um, you know, just winning state titles. Yeah. And you, you know, there's guys like Nolf who tell me, you know, I didn't really want to be an NCAA champion until I was in college. I didn't want to be an Olympic champion until I saw Molinaro. Like, did you have world aspirations early on? Like what led to that? Yeah, I think, um, I think just like I said, it was just a, just a new opportunity that hadn't been, um, that hasn't always been around. Sure. Um, so yeah, that was, that's what kind of got me really into freestyle. I've always done freestyle, always yeah. like kids state and stuff like that. And so, um, yeah, once, once that came around, realized I could start wrestling guys from around the world when I was 14, 15, instead of waiting until college or maybe even after. Yep. It was um, pretty cool experience. And then what led you to Penn State? I mean, it's funny watching the Apple Valley guys kind of spread out, you know, Gable staying home, Seth ending up in Iowa, and then South Dakota, then Wisconsin. What led you to Happy Valley? Um, I'd have to say just the area. You know, I really just, love this place um i i'm here year round you know i don't go home i'll go home for holidays or like a week in the summer but um you know this is this is my home and uh you know it's just just a really cool spot the wrestling is great obviously but even among that i've met some of my best friends in my life here so um it's just uh Good opportunity, and like, you know, to move outside of my comfort zone instead of going to Minnesota sure. or someplace closer to home. Um, but yeah, I think Penn State was a really was a really easy decision for me. Yeah, for sure. And how did you manage your expectations heading there? Like, you already had such a, a level of success from, you know high school career and starting to have success in the world level. How did you manage your expectations heading into Penn state on the national college level? Yeah, I think, um, I think one thing for me was just knowing that me, once I graduated high school, um, Apple Valley college, uh, college guys, you know, they, they were good competitors, but they hadn't always like performed well sure. at the NCAA tournament or at the end of the year, you know? Um, so that was one of my big, uh, big things I wanted to do. Like I didn't want to get to college and then flop, you know, I wanted yep. to be a national champion, you know, make all American, uh, honors, uh, things like that. So I just, you know, that's what I was looking forward to a lot. And then, you know, you get guys like, Gable and, um, <clears throat> you know, Seth and I, uh, just, you want to keep that program, uh, back home growing as much as I can. 
For sure. And, you know, it's interesting because you not only had those aspirations to continue having that success in college, because I, I get what you're saying. Even on a smaller scale, the high school I went to was a really, really good New York program. But the kids kind of flopped out after high school. They just got burned out and, and they never amounted to much in college. But, you know, right out of the gate, you, you become the first true freshman in program history to win an NCAA title at Penn State. What did that mean to you? Yeah, that was pretty cool. I honestly, I, I didn't know about that until after I won. Really? So I wasn't. That was something I wasn't even thinking about. Uh, yeah, and then and then actually, Chenzo was the first. He was a redshirt freshman. He was the first freshman. Yep. And so, and then the, the match after that, I was the, the true freshman, which is pretty cool. But it was it was a really cool experience. I didn't even like, like I said, I didn't even really think about it until someone had told me. And then how did you manage your expectations after that? Like, I feel like if you become, you know, it seems like so many coaches tell me that their athletes come into college and ever since Kale, now everybody wants to be four-time national champs. When when you win your national championship as a freshman, what was the expectation for yourself and how did you kind of set the, the bar for yourself for the rest of your college career? Um, I don't know. I I mean, there were definitely, there were like things going through my head, but I, I never really had like, I never had expectations for myself. Or, sure. Um, you know, just around the board. I think, you know, if a coach puts an expectation on a kid, it can make it a lot harder. And just from personal experience and, you know, seeing it, uh, you know, outside of, you know, just like my wrestling friends throughout the years. Yeah. Um, you know, you, when you get that kind of pressure, from someone, or if your parents put expectations on you, if you get that kind of pressure from someone and you don't meet that expectation, you know, you, you think you're disappointing that other party or you're disappointing yourself. Sure. You know? So to me, I, like I, I didn't really have any expectations. I just knew when I was wrestling, I was doing my best and, you know, just trying to be a good leader and a good uh, example for guys of the team. And I think you were a pretty good example. I mean, you're not only humble, but, you know, you figure by 2017 you had won three World Cadet and Junior World Championships, six state championships, an NCAA championship. How did you keep that humility and that proper perspective, not to let the success get to your head? I just knew, uh, you know, there's – there's always someone out there that's better than you, um, you know. And I think uh, I think I just knew, like, um, you know, there's there's always something there's always something else to work towards. Yeah. If I wasn't working towards a junior world title, I'm working towards NCAA championships. I'm working towards Big Ten titles. Yeah. You know, and then even in like to like scale it down even more, like you got to focus on the next match, you know? Yep. And I knew the guy that I was wrestling, whoever I end up wrestling, they don't care if you're a national champion. They don't care if you've been an All-American, won world championships, how many state championships I won. And those guys don't care. Like, so I know I just, I'm just anybody else in this, like, the grand scheme of things. 
And how did you balance that with confidence? Like, I know you said in an interview back in like January that the last time you were nervous was probably your freshman year heading into Carver Hawkeye. How did you balance that, you know, humility with the confidence to not overlook people and not look past any match in your career? How did you kind of balance that humility and confidence? Once, once I kind of figured out how people look at me, you know, it's the same way that I'm going to look like towards other people. Sure. Towards other opponents, you know, I'm not going to make anyone bigger than what they are. I'm not going to make anyone smaller than what they are. Um, I just know uh, we're all human. And um, in that sense, you know, it just comes down to, you know, there's definitely talent and hard work put in to uh, to a craft. So, you know, it just comes down to who has more of that, I think, and who pretty much just who wants it more, who has, like, the better vision of what they want out of, you know, a situation or an opportunity. Um, you know, I just did a good job of thinking like that. And when you think like that, you don't even have to have – because you don't even have to have, like, confidence. I didn't think of myself as more than anyone else. Or, I feel like that gives people, like, a false confidence. Yep. And then when something doesn't go their way or, some, like, something doesn't happen the way that they want it to, it hits them. 10 times harder than it would for someone who just believes in what they do and they just you know go out there and do the best that they can, you know? For sure, and there's no doubt that you have such a winning mindset and a perspective that, you know, kind of keeps things, or a mindset that keeps things in a perspective. Where did you kind of develop that mindset? Like, it seems like from an early age, you developed a very proper perspective and kept a, a good mindset. Where did you develop that? Uh, I kind of got it once I, like my senior year of high school, once I got to college, <clears throat> um, coach Kale did, does a really good job of that. And like our, all of our coaching staff, um, they really help us with training. Um, you know, just like mind training and yeah, like opportunities that they give for, for, for people. Um, yeah, those are definitely things that I took advantage of. Um, and just, Makes it a lot easier. I mean, being a student athlete is hard enough. Like, you know, it's just it's a whole other commitment on top of going to school. Yep. So, you know, you, you need that kind of that perspective sometimes. For sure. And, and speaking of Cal and, and Penn State, you know, being a part of three national championship teams, what, what do you think one of your biggest takeaways is from being a part of that? I think for me. Uh, one of my biggest takeaways would probably have to be just, just like the people that I met, you know, the yeah. the brothers that I have to the team. Um, not really anything wrestling wise, you know. I just think, you know, like with all with all the guys of, you know, from my year to the freshman now, yeah, um, and the alumni that I met along the way, like all that. Um, has happened inside these past four years. So, um, you know, I can meet my best friend, meeting people that I can help along the way or, or might help me along yeah. this journey and is my biggest, like, thing that I've gotten to take away out of the last few years. And what was it like, you know, going from such a storied program like Apple Valley to Penn State, like I feel like you went from from storied program to storied program. 
What was the difference between going from like a storied high school program to a storied national program like Penn State? Mm, I think so. Once I got to Penn State, it would just be like one big um, difference. It was just like the amount of support in the community. Yeah. I mean, obviously, just like Apple Valley had, we had some pretty decent uh, like crowds and student sections. Like, but it was only when like big teams from Minnesota would come in. Sure. Or you know, like a like uh, we had sections like regional tournament there one time. Yeah. It's like, that's when you just like the community. I mean, every match at Rec Hall, no matter who it was, Rec Hall was rocking. It was awesome. Yeah. And then just like, uh, seeing, seeing people who knew that I was, you know, who knew the people around me when I went out to eat with like my teammates or, you know, just being out in public, walking down College Avenue. Um, you know, that was a really big difference. Just like, how much bigger of a spotlight it is right. um, to be a Penn State athlete. And when you do compete from, I mean, your whole life you've been competing at such a high level. There's not many people I can think of that have competed at such a storied high school program, competed and won at the world level, competed and won at the college level at such a storied program. How do you can or how have you continued to compete and not burn out while maintaining such a level of success? I just go back to what's important to me. Um, to me, I have a faith at my center, and with that, you know, I don't have to. I don't wrestle for um, for my own liking. You know, sure. I don't wrestle because my parents want me to wrestle. Um, you know, I'm doing this because I love it, and I feel like for me, it's what God called me to do, and I'm going to do that um, as well as I can. You know, uh, and I would do that with anything. Just, like, think of think of being able to compete and being able to, you know, wake up, go to practice every day, and... Um, like all these things that come with wrestling, yeah. I'm just going to do it to the best of my ability. Uh, just because I know that it's one of the things that I was put on this earth to do. Sure. And so I just, I think that's the best way for me to describe that and look at it. Yeah. And I know your Instagram profile right now literally says nothing but believer. Like I know how strong mm-hmm. your, your faith means to you and, and it's played in a role it has played in your career. When do you think it really started playing such a strong role in your career? Yeah, I think, uh, once I got to college, I mean, once I got to college is when I started to learn about it and learn what it takes to be, you know, a, a great Christian and learn what it takes to be, um, uh, faithful to, uh, to God and, I just think um, I went to church in high school, and like I thought, I thought going to church was what made me right a good Christian. You know, yeah. and once I got to college, I realized, you know, those things are all good, but what makes you a good Christian and um, a good man is loving God, and then all those things are you do that because you love God, not because you think it makes you. 
totally like a great person yeah for sure and and how i'm imagining that having a strong faith like that and, and kind of cementing yourself in something bigger than wins and losses i'm assuming that's what's kind of helped you overcome adversity and deal with the ebbs and flow of a career that wrestling will give anyone i mean even for as much success as you've had i'm sure you you know losing in the ncaa finals is a heat or other matches i'm sure they've also hit you sometimes like man that that one kind of hurt how have you managed to overcome that adversity? Is it holding on to your faith? Is it just not valuing the win or the loss too much? Like, how have you dealt with the ebbs and flow of all the highs and lows of the sport? Uh, yeah, I know. Um, you know, just for for you know, I guess dealing with all those kind of things for me, it's just it's just like I like if I tell people, um. I deal with matches. I deal with tournaments, you know, like they're any other tournament. Yeah. And, you know, I deal with each individual match like I would any other match of the year. Um, then I think, uh, you know, that makes things a lot easier. So, you know, if I'm losing a match at the beginning of the year, um, you know, for me, it's just like, you know, losing a match in the NCAA finals, I know it has, like, other things attached to it, but, sure. you know, just being uh, being who who I am and how I uh, see things, um, you know, I'm just, it's just another match, it's just another opportunity to go out and, you know, grow if God thinks he needs me to grow, yep. or to, you know, to win that match and, uh, and then even after that, if he thinks it's a good reason for me to grow, then finding reasons to grow and in those things. Um, I also think just just knowing that, that losing and how bad it sucks, like, don't get me wrong, I love to win, but, like, losing and getting the lessons that I've learned from losing. Um, you know, if I didn't learn those lessons, I would have lost a lot more matches than what I did. Sure. And, you know, you, you talk about a sport like wrestling, and, and one of the reasons I ask, too, is that the wins and losses are kind of the easy thing to look at from a standpoint of highs and lows and overcoming adversity. But this year, more than oh, yeah. ever here, we're, we're, there's so many things that go on behind the scenes. There's different things that happen within programs. And, and now here this year, your senior year, your career ends unexpectedly. You didn't know when you walked off the mat at Big Tens that was your last match. Like... How did you mm-hmm. deal with NCAA's being canceled? Yeah, it was it was so weird, man. I like I couldn't even I couldn't believe it. All the guys on the team couldn't believe it. Um, oddly enough, what was really weird was when we got home from Big Tens. I, me and a couple of the guys on the team were like we were uh, we were like sick-ish for like I guess the day we got back. Uh, which is the next day after the finals. Sure. Um, and so we got back and we were like, we were just feeling it. Like, we felt pretty sick. And we like, just, we weren't going to practice that week. Um, like, I didn't practice at all that week. I think it was that Saturday or that, that next Sunday we got the news. Um, so like, just seeing how 
uh, you know, that kind of, that situation, you know, like I'm thinking, you know, maybe, you know, thinking every opportunity is just another opportunity, not making anything bigger than what it was, you know, for me, I'm thinking like maybe wrestling in that tournament could have gotten me hurt. I could have, you know, any other competitor could have got them hurt. Um, they're, uh, you know, there's been weird things with, you know, sporting events, you know, something bad could have happened. And so I just, I just truly believe that there was something about, you know, the NCAAs this year, maybe that, you know, God just wasn't, wasn't ready for people to go through. So, um, you know, that kind of thing, that's, that's what makes life easy for me. And, um, you know, I know everything happens for a reason. So I just want to, maybe I can use this opportunity to help someone else through a situation down the road. For sure, man. And I think that God is doing a lot of things through this whole COVID-19 crisis. I think it's a whole nother conversation of just the amount of things that we don't know that God's preventing. And it, 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 I think it's a really mature mindset to think that way because the average person, especially in today's society, just says, me, me, me. Like, I lost this opportunity. I didn't get this. I didn't get that. And I, I think to have that perspective kind of robs you of the joy in your life. Like, Man, I can't imagine how hard it was to find out you don't have that kind of senior send off. And I know you you posted like right after on Instagram, like, man, I've written out 10 things. None do justice for, for how I'm feeling. So I can't even imagine. And I'm assuming, too, like shortly after that, I'm assuming your your plan was to win NCAAs and qualify for the Olympic trials. And when the NCAAs. Yeah, that's exactly what I was doing. Right. So that now when the when the NCAAs get canceled were you just kind of waiting in limbo to see what was going to happen with the last chance yeah i just i mean once once the ncaa's got canceled um i mean i just i didn't know how much of a domino effect it would be down the road but for me what made it kind of like help me be laid back was because um professional leagues were getting canceled yeah nba season got got it wasn't canceled. It was postponed. <clears throat> um, you know, MLB got delayed. Um, you know, like, so like those kind of things were, were kind of getting put in the back, yep. you know? So I was, I kind of had a, had an idea of what happened to get the trials. Yeah. Well, the trials, but, um, still, yeah, I was still kind of odd. Just kind of waiting to see, cause just how much the training was ch- changing. At yep. that point, you know, most most of the guys, uh, you know, we were actually like um, kind of blended by administration and stuff. You know, just to go home if you went out to spring break, you know, go home. If you went home for spring break, stay home, don't come back. Right. You know, so uh, yeah, it was it was weird. It was uh, it was just different. I didn't really know what to think. Yeah, it's definitely a once in a lifetime opportunity not opportunity it's a once in a lifetime happening where i I don't think anything like this is ever going to happen again so i'm curious now like like moving forward what what are your plans now um i have uh i have one more so i have like a class this summer and one more semester school um and then after that i'm you know gonna sign with the club and uh you know or, I mean, I might be able to sign with the club, like, in 
I, this summer. Um, yeah. But I for sure I have to be at Penn State up until December 11th when the semester's over. So um, just like kind of seeing new new things to to do. Uh, you know, I'm not going to be I'm not a Penn State athlete anymore. So there's a lot more freedom and kind of seeing where uh, new things will present themselves. So I'm excited for that. And you know, kind of a, kind of a two part question off that. One is, what has it been like to kind of start focusing on growing your brand and not being an NCAA athlete and being able to do whatever you want, whether it's monetizing yourself through, you know, I know you play t- play video games through Twitch and do different things there. Like being able to focus on building a brand now, and also like, have you given thought to to what club you want to be with? Like, are you looking at different clubs? Like, what does all that look like? Yeah, I think um, I think growing the brand is pretty cool. Uh, you know, right now the thing is uh, TikTok. Yeah, I not TikTok. I will never TikTok. But like <laughs> seeing seeing other people. You're uh, not gonna like, do what Seth is doing. Grow there. <laughs> no, no. Actually, I saw. I was so happy with his uh, engagement TikTok. Oh, dude, that made uh, me cry. <laughs> it was that was cute, man. I, I was really happy for him. Um. Yeah, it's actually funny. They met at the 2016 Junior Worlds when me and Seth made the team together. Really, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was either it was either 2016 or 2017. But yeah. Um. So that's like a little tidbit. Like I was I was there at the beginning of the beginning. That's awesome. <laughs> um. I don't even know what we're talking about. Just but the difference. Not, oh, not the, the brand. Di- the yeah, brand. growing the brand and, and looking around yeah. what you want to do. So, so just like seeing seeing how other people are doing it, I think it's really cool. Uh, you know, there's there's so many ways to, you know, kind of get your get your name out there and, um, you know, build that liking. Um, as far as, you know, clubs and stuff, I think the the, like, really easy thing to do would be signed with the NLWC, which is still an option and something, excuse me, something that I'm looking forward to, uh, to like seeing through, but there's sure. also, there's also so many, uh, you know, different opportunities, uh, you know, especially with like the PRTC and with coach Slay, who's been one of my mentors and like, since I was in middle school, yeah. uh, and someone that's watched me grow, and help me grow into, you know, the man I am today. Yep. Um, you know, he's, he's also a very good, uh, very good mentor and coach for me. And, um, so like, that's just one example of the, like amazing opportunities that are still out there. So I think right now is, you know, really good for me just kind of realizing, um, you know, wrestling isn't at the top right now. I get to kind of go through the recruiting process and, yeah, um, you know, cause this is like after I'm done with college, you know, wrestling my life now. So like, that's how, you know, that's, that's my job now, you know, kind of thing. So yeah, just kind of figuring out where I want to do that and where I'll be happiest doing that. And how do you go through that process? Like, you know, similarly to recruiting, are you looking for, you know, and, and I'm not even just talking about clubs, like, cause I get it. I get what a tie you have to Penn State. I, I you know, I had Brandon Slay in the podcast a couple of weeks ago and he talked so highly of you. Like I, I can see that relationship and, you know, there's so many things here, whether it's relationships and, and business opportunities, like 
is it leaning on intuition? Is it leaning on trying to figure out what God's will is for you? Like, what are you leaning on to try to help you make those decisions to make sure you make the right one? Yeah, I I pray about it so much daily, figuring yep. out um, where he's gonna you know kind of guide my heart, and I think it definitely it definitely does fall into just kind of. Um, letting God take care of it all. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know. You know, one day, and this is how it was when I was being recruited. Um, in high school, you know, one day I'm like, oh, I want to be here, and then the next day you wake up and like, hey, I don't really like it there. Actually, I want to be here. You know, and things change so much, and then, you know, this one time, you know, one time there's gonna be something that, you know, just hooks me, and I just like. Just want more of it, and right. I, you know, want to be a part of that, and so um, I'm kind of ex- I'm excited for when um, when that place hits, you know, and uh, like that kind of um, feeling, yeah, is what I'm kind of looking for. And, and is and is that fire? And is that fire still burning to like be an Olympic world champ? Like when you've had this much success, is that fire still burning? Like I want to be an Olympic champ. I want to be a, a senior level world champ. Oh yeah, I've, I've been. I always think about it. It's like it's a really uh, cool like opportunity for me because you know throughout the my wrestling career, yep, I've been you know, at or near the top, you know, and I want to stay at the top. I want to keep working to do, um, to do whatever I can to stay up at the top because that's what I'm familiar with. I, like I said, earlier, like, I like to win, man. And I I like, um, and I like the, the work that I do so I can win. Um, and you know, with all that being said, uh, you know, I want to make world teams. Yep. I want to win world championships and be an Olympic champion. Um, but with all that being said, I also want to be uh, the best man that I can and be a be a leader for kids. Sure. Uh, you know, maybe coming up to Penn State. You know, my teammates still. Um, you know, be. Uh, you know, the man that, you know, like my mom raised me to be because like I would so much rather be a winner and someone that people look up to or people can talk to and approach than 100%. be a winner and, you know, have people who don't like me for who I am or, you know, I'm like a jerk and I don't, you know, like yeah give those opportunities out that I was given, you know, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so those are... Those are the two things I'm looking forward to learning how to do and getting to uh, be like for the coming years. For sure, man. And I'm excited to watch that journey. And one more question, and I'll let you go here. You know, it's funny. As we talk about how many championships you've won and how storied your career has been thus far, what would you say has been one of your favorite matches? Favorite matches? Uh, are you saying like... Ever or ever, ever, anything's I, on the table. <laughs> All right, um, man, I have two. So one is definitely my 
Junior Worlds um, 2017. The cement mixer? <laughs> uh, uh, that was 20... Was that 20... I thought that was... So 2016. Okay. Okay. 2016 Junior Worlds. 2017, the cement mixer was sweet. That yeah. was awesome. <laughs> but I'm talking about 2016 Worlds. Okay. Uh, that guy I wrestled um, at Beat the Streets that summer. And it, I beat him... It was like seven to six. He was surging at the end. He was coming back at the end. I got tired. Um, and then I wrestled him again in the junior world finals. And I teched him in like 29 seconds. <laughs> Took him down and turned him. Lightweight him. And that was something that Coach Slay and I worked on daily, every single practice. Like uh, every time I was drilling, I was drilling, take down a turn, take down a turn. I heard take down the turn like several times a week. Like right. I could like feel it coursing through my veins. Take down the turn, take down the turn, take down the turn. And, you know, to actually like go through a match and do things exactly how I drilled it was like, that was the coolest experience. So that match was awesome. And then this year at the BJC, when I cement mixered uh, Caleb Romero, yep. that was <laughs> that was a crazy, crazy match. It was like, because going up to that match, I knew I knew he shot with his right hand, and I knew I did my mixer to the left side, so it was perfect. And I knew he was going to shoot like a double leg or a high crotch on me. Yep. Uh, he always he always came out hot. He, he uh, like all these things I. I pay attention to it. I kind of saw like outside, like the bigger te- the details that my coaches gave me. Yeah. Like I could see things like when I watch, like outside of what they do, just like wrestling wise. So <clears throat> I knew he was going to shoot his right hand and I knew he was going to come out high and you know, try to hand fight hard with me. Um, you know, give a good club maybe. And I just, I, you know, seeing the match, I had my left hand down the entire time, like, yeah. I knew exactly what was coming, so keep my left hand down, he takes that high crotch, I stuff it, kind of touch my arm underneath, and I'm just like, I'm waiting, and the second I see his, uh, his elbow go down, I roll, and then I stuff him. <laughs> yeah, that and was like, a great one. And so, and yeah, and, and uh, like, something I liked about that match was because I, like, that was in our time where I was like, I had this vision of that happening like over and over and over. That's all I could think about. I'm like, he's going to shoot on his right hand. I'm going <laughs> to down block it and I'm going to smack make sure I'm going to pin him. And like that, that, that's what was going through my, ma- my head before that match for like an hour. Like, that's wild. So that was really cool too. <clears throat> that's wild. Has that happened often where you, you envision something so, so much before match that it comes to fruition during the match? Uh, not too much. I mean, I'm always thinking of like thinking of how things are going to happen, you know, like kind of what I'm going to do. Um, that having, having that positive mindset of you know, things I want to do during the match and you know, how I want it to go. I want to keep a high pace. I want to get this guy tired. Uh, you know, those kind of things, but you know, hardly ever is it like exactly from second to second, like what I'm thinking is going to happen. Right. Um, so yeah, with that one, I mean, it was, it felt so fast and I just like, I knew exactly 
you know, what was, what was going to like the secrets of events that I wanted and that I was looking towards. That's wild. Mm-hmm. Wow. Crazy. But that, I mean, that comes with like, that comes with like how much experience and, you know, like all the sure. things that all the like kind of positions I've been through. Yep. You know, so it was, it was really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, listen, man, I'm sure I could talk to you for hours, so we might have to have you back on as a part two. But for Hi. now, I, I appreciate you taking some time and hopping on, man, and, and I'm really looking forward to the next step in your journey here. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Awesome, man. We'll speak soon. And that is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. If you did enjoy this episode of the podcast, be sure to leave a five-star rating review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on more episodes. As always, if you've got feedback on this episode, send it to me. Hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, email, the website, you name it. I'd love to hear from you guys. And the beat goes on.